Burning Plenty as Aryan Power, driven by a length and a half to Colony Queen in second. Then Spanish Archer. Oh, what's going on here? Aryan Power's been eaten off. Oh, goodness me. And Colony Queen has won it. And a big, very warm welcome on this Sabbath to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk. And with me today to discuss the uh, weekend's events and the, and the events taking place going forwards is John John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook. And with me also is Lorne Malvo from Twitter. Um, Chris, good to, see, good to listen to you today. And John, good to hear from you today. Thank what, you. Yes. What, now, we've got an action-packed uh, sort of shirt, so I'll get straight on with it. Um uh, poor, poor, the poor lad that rode yesterday evening at Doncaster, uh, Mark Crean, uh, was guilty of mistaking the winning purse. He looked at the lollipop a half a furlong out, thought that was it, um, thought that's all all he had to do, stood up in the saddle. Uh, he just needed to wave to the crowd, really, I think, to make it even funnier. Um, but, but yeah, um, it was an absolute comedy of errors. Uh, obviously a, a mistake, and... We've had a few questions in regarding uh, the severity of the punishment. Um, Ian Davis and Quick46 from YouTube and Mike Owen have all said, is 28 days enough or is 28 days right? Or what, where, 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 do we stand on, where do we stand on this? Chris, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I think, I think the 28 days is fine. I mean, I, I just don't buy into the... You know, he's a young lad, leave him alone, everyone makes mistakes. You know, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't condone the sort of the, the swivel-eyed loons that threaten to burn his house down and all that sort of <laughs> crap. But, you know, fundamentally, in any other industry, if you made a cataclysmic error of judgment that caused your customers, customers in this case being punters, to lose money, I think you'd do well to to get suspended, I think you'd be looking at uh, a P45 and a walk down the road. So, you know, I think 28 days is proportionate. I think I'm disappointed by the media's immediate sort of responses. Oh, leave him alone, leave him alone. And all the kind of people that are jump on board saying, oh, you're only talking through your pocket. Well, yeah, I am. And because I'm talking through my pocket, I've got, you know, a right to say something because I've got skin in the game and a stake in the outcome. All the people that I'm sort of saying, you know, take it easy, etc. who haven't had a bet, well, I'm not interested in their opinion because they're like the kind of bureaucrats that sort of, you know, impose rules on people, but I don't have to participate in the outcome. So pocket talkers, for me, have more of a say in in, in, in that debate than, than those who don't. So that's my view. I think 28 days is about right. Fair comment indeed. John, what's, um, what, did, did you manage to see it, first of all? I did, yeah. Um, grizzly viewing for those that had parted with a few quid as well. I um I think the ban is probably about right. I mean, again, as as Chris said, you know, I mean, I, I don't really buy into this with the press and leave them alone and all this, you know, because these days they, they get treated an awful lot better than they did as apprentices, you know. I mean, if this sort of thing had happened and he was apprenticed to Ryan Price or Sam Hall, you know, I mean, he'd probably got a right hander or a shouting stick at <laughs> the shops. Good old days. God bless them. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's a good thing that the game has moved on. One, one thing I, I, I will take issue with is this 
this theory that he, he should know where the winning post is because some of these winning posts are absolutely appallingly marked out. Yeah, yeah mean, that's true. That is true. Yeah, you have a furlong pole there that's facing down the track. But when you get to the winning post, it's sideways on so the people in the stands can see it. I mean, all they need is a line. They're not bothered about where the actual post is, but the lads coming down the track can actually do with a massive, big red disc facing down the track, bigger than everything else that's facing them. And I don't think this would happen then. That's a really, really good point. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, I mean, you have to consider, and I know this has gone on since dawn of time, tracks really haven't changed the, the, the sort of, you know, the, the way they do things. I mean, what I, what I noticed with Doncaster, and I don't know if other tracks do it, because I don't really look at purse really, but the half furlong pole, uh, I think all the poles are, are like red and white hooped. Now that to me, like kind of in a way, subliminally says winning purse, because winning purse are red and white. So why why are they painting the half furlong pole red and white hoops? Because each that you know if basically that red and white will catch your eye. You know I mean it's well, like, like if you're going to insist on putting hoops around them, why don't you have uh, hoops that count down like you do on the motorway exit three two yeah. one? Yeah. No, 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 no. I think I think you've, you've you've touched on a good point there. And and in I mean, Mark Owen, uh, who who did message us with a question, um, you know, he he was against the twenty eight days. He thought it was too tough. Um, I'm sort of in both the use camp. I think it's about right. Uh, it's, it's a mistake. I agree. The lad doesn't deserve castigating. I lost plenty of money last night on it. Um, it was it absolutely destroyed me. Um, uh, but I, I'm also wise enough to know i'd like to think i am um that it, it was nothing to do with cheating it was nothing to do with that. you know nothing, not none of that rubbish that's that's some of that no. rubbish being spouted it was literally just a genuine terrible error and if it's a 28 day ban for korean i actually worked out how many rides he's roughly going to get um at this time of year it's about 60 rides a month um and that's going to cost him so that's 60 rides riding fees then plus any percentage of winnings you know it's it's going to definitely cost him five figures um so uh, you know that's that's a lot of money for for a young chap trying to trying to make his way in the game so the the punishment i'd say they've got this one bang on so mark crean learn from your mistake and i'm sure you're a fine jockey uh we you know um we're not going to castigate you but but do you know why i think as well that the castigating gets really bad on social media because the the presenters don't help the situation you can imagine the, the, the furore last night so everyone was going berserk after the race that I knew, you know, that, that had played in the race. And all the all the TV presenters could do was, oh, you know, it's it's a miss. Anyone can make these mistakes. You know, it, it's like they don't get the feeling of the people watching the sport to start. They don't like punters, Lee. That's the problem. It's, yeah. It's kind of it's permeates to the whole industry. Punters are thickos. They're sort of low. They're almost a necessary evil. But nobody has, has got any feel for you know, the gambling aspect of the game at any level in the sport. And that's the problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, John, what, what do you, I mean, like, do you think that contributes then to people then going to Twitter, etc., going berserk? Because the, the, the presenters on the, on the racing channel aren't really looking after their interests. They're just more or less patting the jockey on the back saying, never mind, never mind, son, uh, you know, mistakes happen. You know, it, it's, do you think that's, that's, that could be a reason? 
Well, I do. I mean, people are probably feeling increasingly disassociated with the sport because of things like that, you know, because there's there's nobody really banging a drum for punters at any level, as Chris said, you, you know, and it's, it's, it, it's not selling the sport in the, in the right way at all. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some something later on that uh, illustrates the point perfectly, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, great question coming from uh, John Dolan later on to finish the show, which I think uh, everyone will enjoy. Um, yeah, I mean, summed up there nicely. We'll we'll move on now to um, the, uh, the 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 second of our subjects, and it is obviously something that <laughs> is probably probably good for John Dolan's question later. This one, but the stewards yesterday. Um, I mean, this is probably the biggest threat to to punting in the game at the moment as it stands. And the reason I say this is because once the stewards start losing the plot, which they seem to be currently doing, um, you're going to get a situation where you've got no confidence. For example, yesterday's stewards' inquiries, there there was one reversal at Newbury, which was 1.03. Uh, to 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 stand and then obviously it drifted the longer it went on but the initial price was about 103 about 33s on um to keep the race that went and then literally the irony of of it was that literally 20 minutes later at the other meeting at Newmarket we get an absolute for me pretty much a very comfortable easy decision for them to make in terms of uh, chucking the the winner out for giving the second an almighty bang um about 100 yards from the line and the margin was ahead but it was a big bang and and that 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 stood um chaps where do we stand on stewards john i'll come to you first i think we're long past the time for a centralized panel um looking at recordings of races from wherever and making decisions because just um Finding the nearest retired major who lives adjacent to the uh, the track just doesn't seem to be working now, does it? No. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, look, everyone's got an opinion in terms of, you know, in fact, I looked through Twitter and there are some people supporting the decision. So some people actually believe the steward yesterday made at least one right call out of those two. Personally, I think one was catastrophic uh, and the other one was just a bad call. But either way, they're not consistent. And this is the reason I think we need centralised stewarding, because you need a consistency that everyone knows what's coming. You don't want scenarios where it's like, well, that's definitely gone, and then it doesn't go. Or this one will definitely keep it, and then it gets chucked out. You cannot have scenarios like that. And like John says, it's run by basically friends friends of the friends of the establishment, um, you know, and the, I'm sure if connections appeal in either case, um, it'll give you the excuse for the uh, for the stewarding panel at the at the jockey club to meet and convene and have an expensive lunch, John. Absolutely, you know. They're never likely to knock that back, ever. <laughs> yeah, be some, maybe some swanky private invite restaurant in London, probably, you know, where it's... Uh, it's going to be four figures, five I, figures. I for, think for, they're going to have to train that new Gino place in Harrogate, actually, so they might come up now. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking. Chris, um, your take on on stewarding? 
I haven't got much more to add um, to what John said. I mean, you know, you make the right point. It's retired majors. I think they should sort of dispense with the majors and go higher up the ranks. Let's have retired colonels for a few years, see if they can do a better job than field marshals or brigadiers or whatever. But it is pretty farcical. But, you know, look, it's the same old story. It's a contempt for the punter. You know, it's kind of they're almost gatekeepers rather than actual stewards or marshallers of the rules of racing. It's all, all quite, all quite friendly. It's very inconsistent. And this sort of thing now seems to be happening on an almost weekly basis. Uh, so, you know, but am I confident that the HA will do anything about it? Absolutely not. You won't see any change that I can see. Cause as we said in previous shows, there's nothing wrong as far as they're concerned. Everything's great. Which is bizarre because yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, any, any professional in the game can see the the, the current problems. Um, th- what what also alarms me as well is the lack of uh, media uh, calling yeah. them out. I cannot believe. Yeah. I mean, there, there was absolute uh, bewilderment in the racing TV studio yesterday. I mean, never poor never was like on the floor with the with the decision making. Like, yeah, not, not really, no. Um, but it but it's it, it kind of. You know, there should be someone really calling them out. You know, like a, a camp because the BHA are just literally like sleep, they sleepwalking into oblivion with everything they do. And I, they, like you said, they think they're doing nothing wrong. And they, they really need a. T- the only time the BHA listen is when there's like it seems to be a, a campaign. You know, from people outside racing for him to do something, a la the whip, a la probably what's coming up on Panorama, which is later yeah. in the show. But, but, but as I said, it, it's time that they really listen to people. They, they rejected centralized steward, stewarding three years ago, uh, just point blank said it wasn't needed. And I think there's more the case than ever for a, for a set, set, set of, a regular stewarding. Do, do you agree, John? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just wondering, uh, you always say that my life. Uh, Listen to people outside of racing. Maybe they should start recruiting the stewards from PETA. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. well, One of the things that I have noticed in recent years as well, there seems to be a great propensity to recruit stipendiary stewards from the ranks of ex-jockeys, yep. which I think is far, far, far too cosy a thing because the passing judgment on the mates who they used to work with, and you, you're never going to have total unbiased opinions there, eh? you know, I mean, mates are going to get favours and things, whether you like it or not, and mates are going to have statements looked on favourably, and, you you know, you you shouldn't be recruiting stipendiary stewards from the ranks of jockeys, but that said, you should also be ignoring the likes of Patrick Hibbert Foy, who's on the firm, he's a double back. (laughs) A classic example um, regarding your point about jockeys it, it would be for me Tony Tony Hind um, at yep. uh, Chelmsford, and he's he's made a couple of absolute holics. Uh, re- there was one that was I think it was one hundred one to to keep the race, um, and he chucked that one out. And he's done the same again. There's been two big odds on chances to keep the race at Chelmsford, and he's chucked both out. So. Again, I'm not saying they should, that Betfair Markets are a judge and jury, but usually Betfair Markets is professional money, where you know where they think the judgment's going to go. So if, if you're 101 to keep a race and you ch- chuck it out, you know you, you're an absolute. You've got to be a moron. Um, yeah, so th- 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 we, that's where we stand on the stewards at the moment. Uh, bef- oh, John, before we move on to the next subject, I forgot to ask a question from David Greenwood. 
uh, regarding Crean. What would Stout's reaction be to Crean's ride last night? Easiest man in the world to ride for. Wouldn't be a problem. No, because obviously, like with you, with you having uh, quite a long pass. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he'd understand. I mean, he's not honestly shouting well in lads like that. No, no, good, good. Uh, right, we move on to our next subject, which um, uh, is causing quite quite big ripples in the racing world stateside, where Monmouth uh, and some some uh, tracks in New York are certainly going to be looking to uh, or trying to phase out the whip. Um, and last night, a couple of grade ones in the US at uh, Monmouth um, were... Uh, no whips. Um, the Haskell, which is a big grade one, um, the winner was actually disqualified after Edgy markedly left. Uh, it forced one of the. It was beaten at the time, um, but it, it, it forced the one man behind to clip heels, um, and obviously the jockey was unseated. Uh, and subsequently, the US rules are very strict on on interference, and the, the winner got DQ'd. Now it's been argued in the states that had the the rider had uh you know to be able to correct the the horse's direction you know maybe you know left hand drive to keep the horse from 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 veering in it could have been different um john uh views on whipless races there's yeah ways that it's a ridiculous suggestion yeah you know i mean irrespective of whether you're allowing them to hit horses around the ass with the whip You've got to have a whip in your hand for emergency correcting all measures. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, it can be your last course of action to stop yourself going through the railings. Well, an example in UK yesterday in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a better race uh, was in the Hackwood. If you watch Diligent Harry, um, that, that was going to go sideways if it wasn't for a very, very stern smacked down the down the shoulder um uh i forget who's on but but anyway it, it was it was gonna gonna hang markedly left and yeah and and how, how is that how we i mean to have where you're not allowed to correct them and like i said i, I just think what a couple a couple a, a, a smacks of for encouragement i don't see anything cruel at that i don't agree with with beating horses up just just because you you know you you, you want that extra last sort of ounce out of them I, I think i think i think you can you can ride a perfectly good finish with a couple of stern cracks and a and a and a, and a, and a ride out to the line but banning it completely is just for me absolute madness and i think how many dq'd winners are we going to see uh when, when this happens because all that's going to happen horses are going to wander left and right banging into others in fact i'll even you can you can probably multiply it by 50 if we go whipless, the amount of disqualifications, and then what have punters got to deal with? You know, the the fact that they're, they're getting horses disqualified nearly every is is common occurrence, and that's just not no confidence for betting on a sport. Um, so therein lies the problem that people of Petter and everybody else wouldn't understand um, for a sport that obviously relies on on betting income for for levy. Where do you stand on this, Chris? Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, I couldn't ride a close horse, let alone a race horse, but. You know, the people that do ride racehorses for a living all say that to dispense with the whip would have serious 
um, safety implications for the riders for, for, uh, by way of a corrective measure. So I think it's it's bonkers, really. But again, you know, the people that object to the whip don't like racing anyway. So, you know, what, what, why, why, why are they pandering to, to that lobby in the US? God knows. Well, I think I think it's. I mean, as we're going to see, sort of from tomorrow night, I think I think racing is going to be in, under in, increasing pressure across the board to be seen to be doing something. But like that's all the BHA seem to stand for to be seen to be doing something, and uh, and it's it's a frustrating time. The world's moving in different different ways and places compared to when I were a lad. Um, but 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 it's. You know, some some good ways, some not so good ways, and I think you know this is a, a classic example of uh, safety in the sport. Where you know you, you you like John's pointed out before, you've just mentioned it, where you, you could get horses crashing through the rails mm. because you can't straighten them. You can't, no. you know, it's it's you know these are these are heavy animals, and you know the, the, you, you need you need uh, corrective measures to to prevent things like this. So whilst uh, a no whip utopia for some might be might be excellent. Certainly from a safety angle, for me, it's not. Yeah, I, I mean, actually had a discussion with somebody about, about the whip, and uh, they, were, they were totally anti-racing, you know. And they were also anti-whip, coincidentally. And they actually pointed out to me, and I, I was completely lost for words. They said, "Well, how does Sea World manage to train them killer whales then without whips?" <laughs> Cry. <laughs> Wow! I couldn't mm. respond. I had no, no. answer. Wow, that that's yeah. What can you say to somebody like that? Yeah, I mean that, that just I, I just finished my drink and left. Yeah. <laughs> they should bring in the Sea World people as consultants to the BHA on ten grand a day. How about that? That as long as as long as there's an expensive lunch for these yeah, chaps exactly. involved, yeah. that yeah, that, fresh, that or, fresh orca for all, eh? Yeah. They bring they're 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 on herrings, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> right. What a world. Whatever the goal, we've got a bucket of herrings on hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what? Oh, and what I will say about the Haskell last night, I, I what like I say, if anyone, it'll be on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. I did. I did enjoy the finish. I, I you know, um, to to see like two jockeys in a driving finish, you know, not. I, I always think sometimes jockeys can get unbalanced as well. We, you know, we, I mean, look at Thrasher Morris, an idiot. Um, you know, it, but it was it was quite a good finish. But as I said, you know, would 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 that horse have drifted markedly left like he did? Um, you know, if the jockey was able to correct him, and and that, that inevitably has cost him the race. So yeah, uh, and and I don't think punters want to see DQs. Um, and no you know, when no. when betting, it's it's an awful thing. To, it's hard enough to back a winner. Never mind get two results. Mm. Um, so yeah, right. We move on. And uh, another question. Uh, Rob Jackson um, has messaged in. He's a good fan of ours on Twitter, and he says, "Hi guys, what are your thoughts on French racing? I found myself watching more and more French racing. It seems they have a better grip on things." And there is more respect amongst those within and outside of racing over there. What are your thoughts on French racing and what can we learn? John? Well, I think French racing is like racing in other parts of the world as well. I mean, when you watch the coverage from America, Australia, New Zealand even, you know, the, uh, the coverage is presented in the manner that you would present a mature sport. 
Racing is the only sport in this country that advocates presenters acting like absolute idiots. <laughs> you know, having three-legged races for nuns or something. That, in between. Oh, I'm up for that. Very custard pie fights. No, come dressed up like Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Oh, the rest of it. You know. <laughs> I mean, you'll go racing that sounds track. brilliant, to be honest. Uh, but carry on. Yeah, I think I think you've just talked yourself into a marketing job for the BA. <laughs> Get this man a lunch. <laughs> you'll go racing in France. You're in Paris the morning before the car that Longchamp and. They're sat outside the cafes, they've got Paris turf, a galois in the gob, they've got a cup of black coffee there, yeah, and they're serious. They're that, serious yeah. about it, aren't they? You know, the conversation, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Until blogger turns that we smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There are other stereotypes yeah. are available, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was this blithering clown from England turned up. <laughs> With yeah. the stallion. And all this crap. You get where I'm coming from, you know, that the audience are treated as mature fans of the sport, not as people who need to be patronised and, you know, have the all the attention span of a crackerjack viewer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris, do you watch much, much French racing? I think it's crap, actually, <laughs> but that's largely <laughs> because I don't really understand the participants. What I would say is I think a lot of the French jockeys, I think, would struggle to get a ride in the UK, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. I think Gerard Mosse's terrible. I think Barcelona's nonsense. I think the fellow that, that was blogger's friend that's in, in a little difficulty currently, I think he's very, very good. I think the rest of them are pretty much of a muchness. But, you know, I, you know, I probably don't understand enough about it, but, but I would take John's view... Um, I would agree with it about the, the presenting. I mean, I think, you know, you, you know, we do tend to sort of infantilise the way we cover this sport. I mean, you know, Ed, Ed Chamberlain is a, technically a very good presenter, I'm going slightly off topic, but, but there is a whiff of the Butlin's red coat about him, isn't there? You, you could imagine him sort of judging Miss Minehead 1987 with that kind of... <laughs> yeah, he's got that kind of vibe about it. And, and John's right, it's a much more serious undertaking in places like France and the rest of the world. But but the underlying sport, I don't understand enough about it to, to get too excited about it. And I think there's probably enough racing in the UK to be dealing with at the minute rather than worrying about French stuff. But there we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Pierre-Charles Bouda, he's... He's been he's been uh, going down the Jeffrey Epstein route. I mean, it's the uh, you know yeah. bloggers bloggers mate as well. Bloggers well, not mate. Not He doesn't seem to have too many selfies with him now, does he? With suit with arrows on or whatever. But there you go. We'll see. Could have been uh, yeah, interesting times in in France there. But yeah, I mean French racing to me, is, I, I enjoy. I do enjoy watching it. To be honest, I mean yeah, I mean I, I like horrible. Isn't it? They find it boring. I mean all the. I don't know. I just find it really dull. But but perhaps it's I, perhaps because I don't know the participants as well as you do. I mean, other than Andre Faber and, and a couple of others, I really don't know much well, about I, trainers. I mean, you're right about the standard jockeys out there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the, there aren't very many good ones. Um, but I mean, take take today's race in uh, Shanti, uh, the yeah. pre pre Robert Papa. I mean, the strength in depth is so poor in France. I mean, it's outside the sort of top few trainers, literally. 
I mean, I can't believe how bad a race that is for a group two. It's probably one of the worst group twos I've probably ever seen ever wow. in my life. I've, I mean, the one of Nick Bradley's in there. Um, sorry right. if you're listening to this after <laughs> after that. So, but the one of Nick Bradley's in there, I think, was putting at forties. I think it's been backed into lot sixteens and fourteens. I think it's about a single figure chance. I mean, but that's only like very ordinary form. It finished fourth at Pontefract recently. Right. Um, but that that tells you how bad the race is. If I'm thinking that should be a lot shorter. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's a real bad one. Uh, Kevin Ryan's got the. Uh, but I mean, I, but yeah, I, I do enjoy I do enjoy watching watching it on on at the races. Um, I think it's got quite a bit to offer. Uh, yeah, the, Bradley's ass has to come from the back at here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I said it's. He's good, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree, Rob. Yeah, keep keep watching the French. But I mean, the French know how to do it right. They've got a properly funded sport. The owners going over there in the droves for the prize money. Um, you know, it, it, it literally. I, I mean, a friend of mine uh, lives in York. Um, uh, Christian Stranger. He's, he's got he's he's got some interest out there with some horses because you literally you finish third or fourth in a race you've paid for a month's training. What's the admission fee uh, cost? How does it compare Lee, to to the UK? But for, well, for, for the, the last time I was racing in France, I was so impressed because I, I went for Arc Day. Um, yeah. uh, it was a long time ago when Generous ran, and I was so impressed because it was it was five uh, about five pounds. It was. You know, wow. uh, to get in and in, and in that five pounds you got a really lovely color race card so yeah. like, like a, you know like with the history of the arc and the you know and it was in english as well for, for english uh you know uh, readers and and yeah it was just like that that was back then and it just shows you how much they think about the the, the punter you know five, five quid to get in there's none of this enclosure rubbish, apart from the private dining areas and the owners areas. There's no enclosure crap. You, that includes standing around the parade ring. That includes going wherever you want wow. on the track for five quid. And yeah, amazing. Um, just amazing value. And they, they do it right. It's funded correctly. Um, and fair play to them. You know, the BHA obviously. You know, decide that our way is better for some reason. We well, need but... to go over there for a working holiday to France, a few lunches in the Paris uh, restaurants. <laughs> oh, for yes. About six months. Back uh, Yeah, in the Dordogne, yeah. yeah <laughs> back by yeah. English, in Côte d'Azur or somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, we, we move on from, from Vive la France. Um, enough championing those, but those French rubbish. Um, yeah. The Racing League. Uh Andy Richmond brings up the subject of uh, crazy racing ideas, and um, he says about the racing league. He says um, it's uh, it's one of the racing's uh, own goals, and we've got a question um, on the racing league, which I'll save for after we've discussed the racing league. Uh, I was amazed, John, to find out that the start of the racing league is on the Thursday of the Goodwood, uh, obviously festival. Right, where where probably most of the jockeys that signed up in the racing league teams won't be able to ride in it. <laughs> What's the fifty thousand a year CEO of the racing league doing, starting it off on the Thursday, John? Well, if you're going to pay a payment, you're going to get monkeys. Yeah, and he works one day a week, though, to be fair. Doesn't yeah, it? No, I mean, it works fairly, don't really. I mean, 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, they never fail to produce utter mediocrity. This this organisation, it's so so disappointing. I mean, the idea in itself is an absolute joke. But when they start scheduling things like that, it just shows it's up for the rubbish it is, doesn't it? Really. I mean, do punters ever get consulted in these matters? Because I don't know many punters that were in favour, say, of the Shergar Cup. I mean, terrible that is. I mean, maybe maybe people that that go on the day and and pay the admission fee, they maybe enjoy the a bit of razzmatazz, like the casual race goer. But I cannot think of any punter that 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 would be in favour of something. Right, like that. So the other week, they were nowhere, no one no comes back because they don't do anything to monitor it. No, like yeah, market research, as in to, to know what your customers actually want. Vouchers for next your next visit or anything like that, so have a way of quantifying what what impact it's having or anything. But it, again, that's typical of some of the spins that approach racing and get these contracts to bring racing to a wider audience. They don't want any scrutiny or anybody looking at what they're actually bringing to the table because, for my money, most of the time they're bringing absolutely jack shit. <laughs> Bang on the money. Um, right, so a question related to the Racing League. We all think that the Racing League is absolutely nuts and a waste of time. Um, yeah. But Steve Gravy Trade, great Twitter name. I like that. Steve Gravy. Like um, he said the Racing League, he says he hears there'll be a 13th team added. The Bar Stewards team. Yeah. And he wants to know, uh, start with you on this, John. Uh, three jocks and three trainers who would be on your team. What we do, we're picking one each. Um, I think, I think so. Yeah. Well, I think trainer-wise, um, although I'm sure he's relinquished his license by now, I'd probably go for Joe Mullal, and uh, at least we get plenty of gin down our necks before the other <laughs> unfolded. And uh, I think for the jockey, I'd probably plump for Thick Dave, because then when we realise what a what stupid idea it was we could piss off and have a game of golf. <laughs> yeah. So John thinking of gin and golf when picking his jock and trainer. Uh, Chris, who would, who would your jockey and trainer be? To, well, to I'm, add to I'm our going team? to the dark side. I'm my trainer going to be Michael Wiggum and I'll have Tom Queeley as my jockey. There you go. Pick the bones out of that. Michael Wiggum and Tom Queeley? Yeah. The dark that, side. Yeah, that that would be interesting on Betfair. Nothing you know. in the nothing in the frame, boys. Not not today. Yeah. yeah. The, the old the old ten minute stare at the Betfair grass. Well, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah just just before boy. the off, and everyone sat there thinking, can I can't I can I, can I bite this? Shall I bite nah, this? Yeah, is, it, is it strong enough in the market to bite? Thirty seconds before the off. We'll oh, it's gone out four points. Oh, oh it's now five even, points. Even the two hundred. Yeah, yeah, the minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah yeah. Um, well, I, I think uh, I think what I'd do, in, I'd do it in the name of diversity. I'd probably uh, I'd probably get one of the Magnolia Cup riders in. Yes. Uh, maybe Gooks. Gooks, Gooks in. Yeah. You know, j- just to show racing's diversity in yeah. their flagship uh, summer promotions, we'd I'd have Gooks certainly as a jockey, yeah. and um, I'd probably I don't know I'd probably just. Uh, Look for someone in South Af- South Africa, maybe maybe a uh, a black racehorse trainer again to show show racing's diversity, um, you know, so that we're not all double barreled surnames and and what have you. And I think that's what I'd do, Steve. Yeah. So that's our three. Uh, John going for the golf and gin angle. I'm going for the diversity angle, and uh, Chris is going for the uh, Betfair graph 
um, yes or no angle, um, <laughs> which kind of typifies racing up, I think, to a degree. Um, so yeah, good answers. Saying that. <laughs> um, right, so we move on to um, ooh, a sordid subject here. Um, Panorama, if you've not already heard, uh, is due to run a program at 8.30 on Monday evening um, regarding the welfare issues of treatment of uh, racehorses that have finished their careers. Allegedly, I've not I've not actually had this confirmed, but that's what's been talked about and that's apparently what it is. Um, and apparently um, it's focusing on... Um, Main, well, according to according to what John Hines has tweeted, he's put um, uh, we've had Elliot uh, Marn, some you know the, uh, that's been Elliot sat on the the horse, for example, the dead horse, and now Panorama focusing mainly on Irish trainers owners. It seems so. So obviously, I've, I've not looked to see if that's the case, but that's what John says, and he says all bringing negative to negative to racing worldwide. So is it a deeper Irish issue or an Irish regulatory issue or coincidence? You know, we've had cruelty cases over here too. I, I can remember Mick Quinn, I think, having, um, you know, having some, having been banned for, for, for cruelty. Yeah, he's eating all their food though, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. it. Yeah, old Mick. Uh, John, I mean, I mean, what, what can we be expecting tomorrow, do you think? And, and what, uh, you know, what, what if anything can can racing do to to improve this if there are issues that's going to be highlighted tomorrow night? Well, I'm sure that since the announcement was made that Panorama were going to do an expose on malpractice, shall we call it, in racing, powers that be have spent the time shitting themselves, not because of what's going to come to light, but because of the fact that they've probably done nothing about malpractices in racing since most of them got the jobs. I mean, they're probably going to lead with that uh, BFG photo, aren't there, and with, with him sat on the, the horse. Now, I mean, to, to, to make things clear for a start, that in itself, and people won't like this, is not an, in, an incident of cruelty. No. Because that horse is dead. And that horse doesn't yeah. know that BFJ it's, it's crass, but it's not It's crass, it's demeaning, yes. it's repellent yes. from the chain, but it's not cruelty. No. It's, you know, that, that horse, I mean, it's, it's rather like, if you're stupid, you don't know you're stupid. If you're dead, you <laughs> That's not to say there isn't a problem in racing with injuries being lost or painkillers being administered to get working to horses at risk of them breaking down further, whatever, you know. Um, There's not enough people brought to book, in my opinion, for me to be convinced that the powers that be are addressing the problem. Because there's got to be a problem. Yeah, you know, there's there's too many arses in training, and there's too many trainers making a living. When you think, how oh, the hell is he still functioning? Yeah, his last winner was Spring Double in 1971. You know, and it 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 just begs too many questions. And as I say, 
the paper that should be getting the, the microscope put on them really as the people that administer the sport, not those that are getting away with whatever panorama perceives them to be getting away with. Yeah, I mean, as, a, as, an, as an owner myself, um, I know that when you pass we don't get on. the info from you, Lee. I mean, you can <laughs> say you're an owner, there's but I'm just checking my text there's... messages, mate, when your man is a runner, and there's nothing there. <laughs> What's going on? There's we nothing to tell at the moment. We, we need we, help. I'm like Julian Wilson anyway, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's it, yeah. I'm, I'm a blocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a blogger, but a blocker, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as an owner, when when you sort of sell a horse through the sales ring, obviously you don't know where that's going to end up. Um, could end up anywhere. If you retire a horse, um, there is no protocol at the moment that's that makes me fill in a form to to tell the BHA, for example, where this horse is and what it's doing. It's literally down to my responsibility to find uh, a home or or a new. A lot of a lot of racehorses obviously go into dressage and show jumping and you know and and things like that and and have a great life as well. I mean, I, there's some re- if you go on Brian Lisson Racing's Twitter, you'll see old Mayan Corniche, the the Ebor winner, what he's doing now, and it's all it's all grand. And, and I think that that's the owner's responsibility. I would like to see more responsibility placed on owners in that respect. That that. You know, it it is it is a duty of care, as in, so like if 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 they're not worth anything through the sales ring, i.e., you can't sell them. Um, you you've got to basically, it's your duty. You can't, you know, to find them, to find them a new occupation. So I would like to see more done on that subject as a as a responsible owner. Um, so that's that. what's your view on them that go to Merton, mate? Sorry, say that again, John. I missed that. What's your view on those that end up at Merton sale? Uh, what's Merton sale? Meat value, basically. Oh, oh meat, oh, meat trucks. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I could do that with any, no. any, any of mine. Um, unless, I mean, the thing is, it's difficult with horses because a lot of them have will be carrying sort of injuries that you know, makes them relatively, so to speak, I don't want to sound you know, horrid, but but useless to anybody, really. Um, so, or they might have got some terrible uh, sort of yard habits. They might be nasty. They might bite. They're not suitable to be around children because they're thoroughbreds at the end of the day. Um, so not all horses are suitable to find alternate you know, careers, if you This like. is the thing, and what I was going to say was I would I would sooner say him go for a mate and be dealt with you mainly than just turned away and left to rot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I, I think as long as everyone's doing it, doing the morally the right thing, I think that's, that's the way forward. But at the moment, there's definitely no protocol or checks mm. from, say, the BHA to me asking me, what's happened about my past racehorses or, you know, well, you didn't put this through sales ring. Where is it? You know, I've never, I've never been asked. So it's down to each owner just to be morally good, if you like. Um, so yeah. And, and fortunately in racing, I'm pretty certain that it's, it would be in the high nineties in terms of uh, owners that are responsible like that. And will make sure the horse is rehomed and uh, rehoused and carries on enjoying its life doing something else. But as I said, we've got to deal with this tomorrow night. It's going to be unsavoury. Twitter, it's, it's going to draw the Twitter nutters out. 
Um, usually I don't respond to Twitter nutters because they're impossible to speak to. Um, but on this occasion, I, I probably might get dragged in, especially if I'm on the gin. I've got some, um, <laughs> I've got some lovely Siderit gin, Spanish gin to try. Ooh. If you've not tried it before, it's very rare. Uh, Google it, Siderit, S-I-D-E-R-I-T. Barstool's inquiry brought to you by Siderit Gin. <laughs> <laughs> you should tag them in, get some sponsorship, give them free advertising. Yeah, so 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 I might get dragged into responding, but as I said, we all we know the sport. The sport has has certain uh, PR issues, um, and this is going to be one of them. Um, but I know the sport probably better than most on horses. I know how well they tr- they're treated and I've absolutely I've I've no concerns hardly at all in the game about the treatment of racehorses in the United Kingdom. That's that's how I'd 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 stand. Um John seems to think that our Ireland might have its own set of problems, but John, I, I actually think that I think doping's more a big problem in Ireland, and and I, I just, as I said, I I can't speak because I, I don't I don't live in Ireland. I don't understand the Irish culture as much as what you know a lot of people that are in Irish yards do. But I know over here, I don't think the drug drug culture is as prevalent as it is in Ireland. But there we go. Um, right, we're going to finish the show off, chaps, with a with a with a, <laughs> a cracking a cracking one from John Swarfiger, Siren Master Nolan. Um, uh, he's good on Twitter. You should anyone that doesn't follow the bastards on Twitter, just follow us and just just follow John as well because he's quite funny. And he he, he says he says right, let's have a top ten things that boil boils your piss about racing. And there's a thread going on the bastards, so you can join in if if you want to type anything that boils your piss about racing. So what I'd like now is very much is to get. You two's thoughts or what boils your piss about racing the most? Chris, I'll start with you. Well, I, I, I have many, but the one that really boils my piss is whenever Gary Moore is mentioned, they have to say what a hardworking family he has, as if somehow <laughs> nobody else works hard. And, fr- and frankly, if I was uh, going to inherit sort of 200 acres of Sussex downland, I think I'd be fucking working hard all day and all night. So it's the hardworking Gary Moore family. Can't stand that expression. <laughs> that, so that boils Chris's yeah. piss. I like, I like I like that one. John, what would what would be like? And I, I, I bet I bet you've an absolute scrollful. But I mean, what what would be a sort of a couple couple of your uh, piss boilers? Well, firstly, the price of sausage rolls on cars. <laughs> the big issue. We it's an absolute criminal. You know, I mean. Disgusting, you know, that you can pay two and a half quid for a sausage roll that's no bigger than your middle finger. Um, <laughs> what a fat fingers, though, mate. Well, yeah, that's true. Mm. Exactly. Um, I mean, secondly, I think I would have to go with the ineptitude of those in charge of the sport because you can guarantee they aren't lunching on sausage rolls, they're <laughs> lunching at our expense. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fantastically put. Yeah. Absolutely fantastically put. I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, it is the, the BHA. It, it starts at the top and it stems all the way down. And I think what I complain about the most are two things. Um, it, it can be, they set these daft race times, so it'll be like 4.23, 4.28, whatever. And then, so what, what a, tra- a track starts to do is they've got a 25 runner handicap and then they start to load, the, the off time's 4.23 and they start loading at 4.23. Yeah. Well, how does that work then? Because by the time you get them in, get them off, finished, 
literally you're lucky if the 428 isn't ready. It's it's mental. The the, the planning on that front's terrible. And also, with it being an entertainment sport, I'm sick of when when horses get loose. Uh, there's like arm wavers and and, and chucking, you know, and all that rubbish, like for, until it, until it decides to do six laps. Um, why on earth can we not employ outriders? It's it's an absolute disgrace. It would pl- provide employment for for, for local people uh, to the track. Um, horses then also when I, we've just talked about horses in a, in a new job and 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 you know and well if being outriders you know like as I well, said I don't get the hard work in Haley Moore she's good at catching yeah exactly <laughs> well yeah that unless you Haley Moore in the yeah that was that was tremendous that Haley Moore yeah. the hard working Haley Moore yeah um, so I mean simple things that make everyone's day more enjoyable and more safer. An outrider would stop a horse from crashing through rails or doing damage or, you know, running into a crowd or whatever. The, the inevitability, if you haven't got outriders, is eventually when a nutcase horse gets loose. Like has happened in the past, it gets loose. Sometimes it gets in the crowd. And then, you know, and, and then until until it's happened and somebody, you know, gets a kick from one or, or gets mowed down by one and gets seriously injured or even killed... You know, not this won't be discussed uh, again at the top table. You know, there's not enough reason for him to go out to lunch for this. Um, <laughs> so for me, that's what boils my piss. Outriders would make the sport safer and get races off on time, etc., 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 for a very, very small expense. What we're looking at for an outrider for the day, five hundred quid, five hundred quid, and and and, and travelling. You know, like they'd be queuing up to do it for that. So yeah, yeah uh, that's what I would. Do um, oh Catherine Fry's emailed in uh, late one from Catherine Fry. Uh, she just said about uh, Magnus apparently with the the, the Cheltenham Festival. Um, Magnus are refusing to pay the sponsorship, citing racing as the blame for um, COVID and and it's been bad publicity for them. What Not make- the delicious drink, getting people getting pissed up, smashing seven bells out of each other. You know, yeah. Magnus, yeah, the side of people, yes. Yeah, um, so Cheltenham are having to sue him, John. Good God, I mean, I'm very surprised at this, you know. Mm. I mean, uh, I, th- I thought most of the breweries would still be on the side, and especially at a place like Cheltenham. Yeah, exactly. Central, where, uh, you know, I mean, they should be able to sell a raging torrent of their piss-flavoured side, shouldn't they? But I mean I, I just I just wonder if it's like posturing from Magnus. I let let maybe even cover Cheltenham's legal fees, but the publicity they get from it is quite enormous. And I, and maybe then Magnus will end up settling before it actually gets to court, pay Cheltenham's legal fees, and it's probably a cheaper way of getting on the BBC news. Uh, quite often. Well, can you sponsor maybe the Greg Sausage Roll Gold Cup? How about that? I think that'd be. <laughs> I love a bit of Greg. Exactly. The thing is, this is what racing would do if if the, if racing let a Greg's open on tracks. Yo, so, I like that. You'd, yeah, you like that. Every week, but, but it won't be Greg's prices. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> 
sadly, John's right. It's terrible. Catering price on track, terrible. Right. That we're going to end it there. We've had a fun show. Uh, We've we've covered some good topics there, chaps. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Me and John are back on our lonesome, I believe, next next Friday to cover off Saturday's racing. And then on Sunday, we've got a sermon special uh, where we managed to we managed to cram four. Um, and you know, into into John's sweaty basement, and um, we've got uh, Andy Richmond, Bickley fourteen. We've got Catherine Fry, uh, John himself, uh, and myself to go through Goodwood's anti-post. We're looking at all the good Goodwood action um, for the for the festival that'll be next Sunday. Time to be announced. So, hope you enjoyed it. That's all from us. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Bye for now. <laughs>